Hello and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Tiago da Costa. I'm with Toric. Today I have the pleasure of talking to Tony Pelesca from Cross Anderson Construction. Where do you see more data being used? So it sounds like you started on the financial side and a few others. Are you guys looking at other kinds of data that you can use and where do you see the industry taking that in the future? Sure. I, I really see it in the pre-con space, really, uh, of where value is, is the start of a project. Really, how do you model some of these things? There's a lot of tools out there that do it within their own tool sets. Um, you know, things that we've used historically, like model logics and OST and WinS, they're, they're kind of trending modeling tools to kind of, how, how are you looking at your, your spaces and the processes that, that you that you do on the pre-construction side as you kind of bid out these certain things. But I really see um, valuable insight going into the historic data around the things that we do on the pre-con space. I just think there's just, that's a, that's a world, uh, a gem out there if you can do it really well. Outside of the financials of, of how your performance on your current jobs are, um, that I don't think a lot of people are looking at outside of uh, um, holistically, I think they're looking at it with tool sets. And I think that that's a data strategy that, that you should be doing with historic data and really looking at your data collection space and, and really fine tuning that really well in our industry. I think that's a, that's a huge gem. And I do think, um, you know, another big piece where, where as we do project closeout and, and turnover and we and we have this historic data that we've gathered over time kind of what's the life cycle for that for our customers and bringing our customers into that journey with us is a space that that i think will really start engaging a, a, the organization at a different level um you know i think that we've done voice of the customer many times um here but i do think there's this piece where you, we have to see the points of friction and the points of opportunity are the things that I, that's the language I use here for how our customers use the data that we create. And that may, may be a subcontractor, that might be an owner, that might be somebody, you know, just who engages with us to consume data and how we consume that data internally. And we can't make assumptions on those customers of how they use that data. So it's really taking it and doing a an outside in, inside out mapping exercise where mm -hmm. we see those points of friction and opportunity based on what our customer's input is and what our input is and, and marrying that to say that these, these are the points, this is where we could add huge value. And I think that is, that is what I see the industry, that's what we're going to be doing and not where I could see the industry going next. Right. Again, as you talk about closeout, is there like a data closeout or a data handoff? Data um, handoff, yeah. I mean, it, well, data, it, project handoff, data handoff, just that whole process. It's 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 yeah. difficult. It's convoluted. I think every in, everybody in construction sometimes struggle with that, with timelines and and what it means and and you know. What, what data points do you have to get to to provide closeout? And what does that mean um, on a data side in line with uh, the physical handover? I think all those things could be defined better industry-wide. Great. And our last question here is, how are you thinking about AI with all the things that are happening with GPT, AI, machine learning? Um, 
how do you think that will affect what you have done so far and also uh, how it relates to the business overall? I think, well, if you're not talking about it, you're missing the boat, all right? Um, so I think that, you know, as I look at, um, you know, we're a Microsoft shop as a whole, and I know there's some AI capabilities inside of Fabric as we're looking at what Fabric is. You know, it's it's funny. Everybody's like, are you an Azure shop? Are you a, you know, and I say that we're Microsoft to an extent, and I'm using the tools we have, and I'm not looking for a product to to just go do this stuff. But on the familiarity side, it, it's really defining AI for us and how we wanna use it. We're already consuming it at a marketing level. We're doing some of these things, but I wanna really define AI for us. I want to make sure that we know how we're defining it for us in our space. And I wanna make sure there's policy and governance around it, right? And I think that that's where a lot of people, um, if they haven't done that piece, I think a lot of people are going to have to come back and do it again because they're going to learn that, oh my God, we didn't, we don't have any governance on this. We're, we're, we're feeding this beast and other people are getting our information, you know? So you really have to learn about where you want to go and how you want to structure AI in your environment. Uh, second piece, you know, on the, on the really how it relates to data for me, it's really taking a look at, at fabric and seeing what that what that journey looks like and how AI is integrated, you know, within that space and how they've defined it there, you know, and, and I know that it's kind of written all over the place as they've talked about, you know, one lake and, you know, value reporting insights, AI, AI power capabilities within their tool set, how they have the data activator and the data factory. And so it's sort of like trying to see kind of how our environment is with Microsoft today and our ETL tools are, and how does that play well in this world of fabric? And what do we need to do and change to take on some or some of those things? None of those things or all of those things. It's kind of in our journey life cycle for some of the things that we're starting to look at now. Great. Yeah, it's a new journey for everybody. So that's... it really is, isn't it? <laughs> but I think that policy space is really critical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all unregulated right now. You should just assume that whatever data you're feeding to an AI model will be used um, to, to the benefit of the AI model. Um, it, that's, that's exactly it. So if you're feeding the beast, you could be, just don't feed you know, information that is critical for you to do your business to the beast. Right? It goes back to governance and all of these. Right. Other, yeah. Um, I would say this though, you know, one of the things that I am doing, um, you know, I'm on, I'm on the, uh, University of St. Thomas here, um, the Graduate School of Software Engineering. I'm on their strategic advisory board, and uh, we just approved the well the ability to create the curriculum for um, them to have their first graduates uh, their graduate uh, degree in generative AI, and so they will be the first university in the United States to have a uh, graduate level degree in generative AI. They have a couple in Europe right now, but they'll be the first one. And I'm getting to see that as grassroots uh, level to, to building that thing out. Um, so it's really exciting to see how in the education space, they're driving this and helping to solve some of the problems that we're seeing for something that's hitting us like a bolt of lightning, right? So I think there'll be more to come there as well. That's great. Yeah, I think universities will blaze the trail for a lot of this for sure. Um, 
Well, this was a great talk. Thanks so much for sharing um, all of this with us and, and with uh, everybody that's going to be listening. Um, thank you, Tony. And uh, your journey is awesome. And to know more about these kinds of interviews, visit cdomagazine.tech for um, additional interviews with uh, CDOs like Tony. Thank you. Thank you so much.